Hey, I appreciate some folk being here tonight. I got a brother-in-law and sister-in-law, my wife's sister and her husband here. They're from here from Greer. Oh, and I got a sister here, too. Uh, she's a good bit older than me, but she's here. So, yeah, uh, she's just a little bit older than me, but uh, I'm glad she's here. And then I got Joel Davis here. I worked for Joel several years. He's one that uh, doesn't work here. Uh, I told him the other day, I said, boy, you've done a good job. He said, God done it, and that's true, but I appreciate what he done. He just done an excellent job. But, uh, you know, I appreciate the service this morning. Mac done a wonderful job. I, I think Mac done a good job uh, talking in the book of Nehemiah, chapter number one, preaching from there, talking about being stretched out for Jesus. Amen. You got your rubber band on tonight? <laughs> but uh, I like that message he had. You know, it's, uh, I was thinking about it, you know, this, uh, uh, can y'all see me all right over there? Am I, you got the good side of me on that camera over there? Is that, that's funny right there. That, y'all didn't do that to Mac this morning. Y'all turned me back around up there. That, that's ridiculous. That, um, uh, you know, I got to think about it. It's a danger, you know, getting in church like this. It's big and all, you know, you get to... Like Max said, you know, he said, you forget your, forget your raisins, forget where you come from. That's what he said this morning. It reminded me of a preacher one time, you know. Um, he uh, had a little church, you know, one of them shotgun churches, windows on either side. And he just couldn't get it, seemed, just didn't seem to want to take off. And uh, he, got his, uh, he got his four deacons slash ushers together. And said, look, I'm going to have to go somewhere. I'm going up north to find out how to, how to do a church, to make it grow. And they, he told his congregation, they took up a little money, sent him up to New York. And he went up there and was gone for about three weeks. He come back. And uh, uh, he told his deacons slash ushers, four of them, he said, I, I got it figured out. He said, all right, what we got to do? He said, well... Up there, they wear robes, and they use incense pots. And so we're going to have to wear some robes and use some incense pots. They said, well, first of all, we don't have no robes. And second of all, what's an incense pot? And they said, well, you got, uh, the preacher told them, said, well, you've got your bathrobes, don't you? And they said, yeah, we got our bathrobes. And uh, so then uh, the... Uh, they said, well, what about incense pots? Well, what's that? I said, well, it's just a pot that you put something in. It smokes a little bit, puts aroma in there, and, and, uh, and then we got a chant. And they said, well, we don't have incense pots. He said, well, you've got your milk buckets, don't you? Said, yeah, we got our milk buckets. He said, well, next Sunday you bring your robes, bring your milk buckets, and we're going to break out. It's going to break out around here. So... They had it all planned. He told them, he said, now I'm going to be up there in the pulpit. I'm going to take care of the preliminaries. And when you hear me chant, he said, I want y'all to come right through those doors right then. And I want you to come swinging the incense pots, chanting back. And so uh, he got up there with his robe on and he took care of the preliminaries. He's standing there, you know, and he said, well, it's time. So he does his chant. Oh, Malama Shamali Ande. And uh, nothing happened. He just kept looking. 
So he said, well, maybe they didn't hear me. And so he said, I'll chant again. Oh, Malama Shamalia Ande. He still didn't come out. Finally, they come busting out the doors, and, and here they come. You know, they didn't have their milk buckets. And so the pastor says, Brethren, what happened to the milk buckets? <laughs> he said, one of them, they just walking down through there looking at each other like they didn't know what to do. So one of them chanted back and said, Bottom of the bucket got hot, so we threw them out the window. <laughs> so you got you sort of got to be careful. You know, you get growing and everything. You might want to get bigger than what you are, you know. Set. Uh, Amen, sister. Go ahead. We need digs. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I appreciate. Uh, I, I, you know, we talk about our services. We have some good services. I, I, I appreciate uh, Sandra last week singing. Well, God touched her while she was singing. Now I don't know. I mean, God touched her. That was. It just about broke out around here, and I appreciate that. I. Appreciate Brother Mark and all he does here and and uh, song service. Everything is so good here, and I appreciate it by my heart. I, um, I Some of you probably, uh, if you hadn't been here the last couple of Wednesday nights, I spoke. You probably said, well, well, what's up with him? Why is he? Well, you know, I said something the other Wednesday night. I said, you know, it's sort of like um, I have been uh, like an MMA fighter in the ring with the devil for several years now, him just beating me down, just, I mean, constantly beating me down, telling me I can't do anything no more, telling me I can't serve God, God, nobody wants to hear me, and you are to just quit, you are to just not worry about it, and, you know, you get to where you listen to the devil. If you're not careful, you'll listen to him, and uh, he'll, he'll rob you of what, God wants you to have. And so I mentioned out there the other Wednesday night, I said, well, you know, by God's grace and God's help, I'm getting out of the ring. I'm not tapping out. Hey, man, that's what they call it, tapping out. I'm not tapping out. I'm getting out, and I'm going to serve God by His grace and His mercy to the best of my abilities and go where He wants me to go, do what He wants me to do, and... Uh, I'm going to do my best to do that. So uh, that's just that's what's up with me, in case you've been wondering. And uh, I've been sitting here a long time. And, uh, I, I, you know, and God, I know you prayed for me. I know that some of you have prayed for me. Pastor and his wife's prayed for me. Uh, my wife has constantly prayed for me. And then I went to work for Miss Ann McAllister. And... Uh, uh, you know, she found out that I used to pastor a church, and she, uh, she every time I'd come, she well, she got to where she said, "I want you to bring me a tape. I want to hear you preach." So I took her a tape or two, and she heard it. Then she started this stuff. You need to be doing what God wants you to do, and um, she telling me you need to bring a devotion every time you come over. Want me? She said, "I want you to teach me the Bible, acting dumb and all." You know. Everybody knows Ann McAllister ain't dumb, right? So uh, she uh, stayed after me about 
reading the Bible to her and, and teaching her the Word of God. And, and uh, I mean, I'd have to have devotions before I could go to work. You know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with her yard or not, but it looks like several grenades went off in it. And now it looks real nice. I fixed it for her, you know. It <laughs> looked like landmines went off all over in her place. But uh, it looks pretty good now. And, uh, but I appreciate her and I appreciate uh, everything she's done for me but, uh, and all of you, your prayers. I really appreciate them, and uh, thank the Lord for it. Appreciate the opportunity tonight. By the way, um, Brother uh, Kenny didn't tell me where he is going. He just told me to take Sunday night. He said, you take Sunday night. So he may be in New York. If he comes back and tells Brother Charles and Brother Roy and Brother Bob, y'all get y'all's robes and milk buckets and come on, y'all just do it. Amen. If y'all don't want to do it, I'll do it. I'll I mean, I'm going to back him up with it. I, you know, do what I can. But uh, if you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter number 8. Luke chapter number 8. If I had a message tonight, you know, when I went to, when I went to Bible college, um, they taught us at Bible college, you get your scripture, and then you, uh, you get your, um, a, a title for your message, and it just all comes together, and then you get your uh, uh, points, uh, point one, point two, or point A, B, C, every how you want to do it, and then you, that's your body, and then you get your conclusion, and that kind of thing. And um, I laid out all those days in Bible college, I reckon. I was never able to do that. I, I got a text, and I very seldom ever, very seldom ever, have a title for a message. I just get the text and take off with it and just go with it. I and let it end up where it will and just you know when everybody looks like they're getting tired of hearing me, then I'll just shut my Bible and quit. <laughs> no conclusion. Just that's it. But um, if I had a title tonight, I mean I, this morning I was sitting in the house and uh, I was thinking about this and I said if I had a title for this message tonight. I'd probably entitle it, Your Ship is Coming In. Your Ship is Coming In. And the way I got that, I don't know why I thought about it. I had a, I had a tax man that um, used to fill my taxes out every year. And every year, he'd tell me the same thing. He'd say, Haskell, he said, uh, maybe next year your ship will come in. This year you owe $1,500. Next year, it was the same thing. Haskell, maybe next year your ship will come in. You owe $2,000 this year. So, I mean, it went on like that. I'm still waiting, and he's passed away. So I got a different tax man. Nobody tells me that, but I'm still waiting on my ship. Amen. <laughs> but uh, if I, I thought about that, and I said, well, that could be the title of the message tonight. Your ship is coming in. All right? So uh, with that being said, Luke chapter number 8. We begin reading at verse number 33. The Bible says, Then when the devils out of the man and entered into the swine and ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked, they that fed them saw what was done. They fled and went and told the city and, and the country. And they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found him out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, 
clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also, which saw it, told them by what means he was possessed with the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus said unto him, Away, saying, Return in thy own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published it throughout the whole city, how great things Jesus had done unto him. Let's bow for a moment of prayer. Father, as I bow in your presence, God, I thank you for the privilege to stand here tonight, and thank you for your word. God, I pray tonight that you'd anoint us and fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, there's no way that I can do anything on my own because I know who I am, and I know where you brought me from, and I know what uh, I used to be. And God, there's just no way that possible that I could stand here tonight without you help me. So I'm going to thank you in advance for your spirit. I'm going to thank you for advance of, uh, for the anointing of the Spirit of God. You said where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. So God, I just uh, ask for that liberty to be real tonight. And Lord, I pray for that person that may be here tonight going through a trial, going through a battle. God, going through something in their life and just don't know which way to turn. Lord, I pray that you might just help them and God come to that place in their life to where they're just ready to just empty their heart to you and God just surrender their life. Lord, we pray especially for that when it may be here tonight. It's unsaved. Lord, no doubt that there's somebody here tonight that's never accepted Christ. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God right now would just deal with them and Show them, and God help them to realize their condition. Help them realize that they need Jesus tonight. And everything that you do, we're going to thank you and be sure to praise you, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. In verse number 35, I just want to read the latter part of that again. It said, it says uh, right there, uh, the man out of whom the devils were departed, set him, at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Setting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. <laughs> uh, that, uh, to me, that just blessed me when I read that. I said, thank God, that's where everybody needs to be. They need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in the right mind. You know, there's a passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 27. It says, Neither give place unto the devil. You know, there's some things tonight that God has given to you. He's given to me. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter number 1, verse number 8, God said, I've given you the land, go and possess it. God has given you some things tonight. God's given me some things tonight. 
And we need to keep those things. We need to fight for those things. And we need to make sure that the devil doesn't take anything away from us. I mean, there's some things in this life that's worth fighting for. I mean, we need to fight and make sure we keep the possessions that God has given us. And the Bible said, like I said in Ephesians, give no place to the devil. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's saying that we can give place to him. He can take some things from us. And he wants to do that, as a matter of fact. The devil wants to take... You know, I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, uh, a fighting man. I, I've never have... I, I've, yeah, I have been in a, uh, several fights. But actually, I've lost every fight that I've ever been in. I've, I, I've looked back on my life and I've tried to think. And honest to goodness, I cannot remember one fight that I ever won. Not a one. Every time I got in a fight, I got the suit beat out of me. I'm not going to lie about it. I, I've, I've worked with men, and they'll tell you how bad they are, how mean they are. Never lost a fight. Now, God bless you. I, I, I never won a one. But I'm telling you tonight that, that there's some things, and I listen. I, you know, I got, I got my place, and I want to stay on my side of the fence, and I want you to stay on your side of the fence. I mean, am I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you come on my side of the fence, and you want to start taking my stuff, then we're going, we're going to fight. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, I'm going to lose. I know that already. But I'm going to fight you over my stuff, because I've got some stuff, and i got that stuff. God has given me what I've got. As a matter of fact, I, I'm supposed to be, we're all supposed to be good stewards over what God's given to us. And so I got some things that God has entrusted me with and I'm going to hang on to as long as I got strength in my body. Now I'm not just talking about land here. You probably figure, I mean, listen, I, going back, to, I mean, you know, I don't care what you fix for dinner. I don't care what color you paint your house. I know as Clemson fans here, you want to paint your house orange. That's fine with me. But God bless you, don't tell me how to cook and don't tell me how to paint my house, amen. I mean, you know what I'm talking about tonight? I mean, I don't like to get in nobody's business, don't want nobody in my business, but it's amazing to me that some people uh, stay in other people's business like they don't have no issues in their own house. Uh, you know, I, I, and I know better than that. I've pastored too many years to know that people... Uh, wants to get in other people's business uh, when they ain't worried about their own business. But I want to tell you something. There's some things that God has given to me that I'm going to fight for. I mean, I will, I will kick, scratch, fight. I'll bite your nose. I'll gad your eyes out. I mean, I'm going to do anything I can. And like I said, I'm not necessarily talking about uh, material things. We aren't to be that way when it comes to fighting the devil. Because he wants to take from you everything that you've got that God has given to you. Like I said, God said, I've given you the land, possess it, whatever you want. You know, there's no limitations with God. I mean, we can have anything we want from God for our taking. 
God will pour his blessings upon us. God will pour his blessings upon his church. You say, oh no, God has already blessed this church. He has blessed this church. But there's no place to stop. There's no stopping place. You don't just say, well, that's it as far as we go. I don't know but two people, and there's probably more, but I, two come to mind in the Bible that said it's finished. One of them was Jesus when he said it's finished. He died on the cross. The other one was the Apostle Paul, and he said, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. I'm ready now to be offered up. And I mean, then he died. I mean, he was gone. There's no place. I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to give up. I want everything that I can get from God, and there's no limitations to what God will give you and I and to what he will give to this church if we only want to receive it. I mean, I'm telling the truth tonight. I, I mean, God has stirred me up about this thing. I, I mean, I, I, I'm tickled to death. You know, my mind went back to Mark chapter number 2. Uh, I don't know if you are uh, uh, familiar with the scripture or not. I'm sure you are. About the man that had the palsy. He had four friends. And they wanted to take him to Jesus. You remember the story? They took him to Jesus, and the Bible says that they, uh, that they couldn't get in the house where Je- Jesus was in Capernaum. And uh, the Bible says that people just come from the four quarters and just entered the house and wanted to be around him because Jesus was healing people, and he was teaching, and, and he was, uh, they could see that he was a, a master and a rabbi. I mean, they wanted everything that he had. And so the house was full of people. And so when these four friends brought brought the man that was paralyzed, they couldn't get in. Because of the press, the Bible says. You know what? That means because of the people. In other words, they couldn't get in, they couldn't take their friend in to see Jesus because of the people that was already in there. Does that make sense? You know, that's the way it is in churches sometimes. The people that we'd like to get in here, we can't get them in here for the people that's already in here. Not saying that anything's wrong with anybody in here, but what I'm talking about is this. That, you know, we can't use... Well, I say this, I better tell you this. There ain't nobody love amazing grace, no better than I do. There ain't nobody love uh, the old rugged cross, no better than I do. There's nobody loves what a friend we have in Jesus, no better than I do. But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, I mean, what I'm saying is that when these people uh, that was in the church couldn't get this man in. Sometimes we got to change methods to get some people in. I'm not talking, hey, the message, you understand, the message never changes. The message is always the same. The Bible never changes. You preach the Word of God, but sometimes the message has to change. You know, I... I, I What's got me on this is, I, like I said, I've been here five years. And I've seen kids about 11 years old, 12 years old, that ain't here no more. And I know where some of them's at. The parents went with them. 
They've gone to the church where they praise and worship. And there's nothing wrong with praising and worshiping, giving God glory for what He's doing. And we are to be willing to come in the house of God. And we are to let them know that it's all right. I walked by these uh, instruments over here the other day and I asked Brother Danny, I said, y'all going to crank them things up? I said, I hadn't heard them since y'all been in here. I think one time they got turned up accidentally or something. And I heard it just for a split second, and it went back down. And I thought, man, what's going on? I mean, we, we, need to, I, we need to think about what we need to do to get young people. I mean, because if the young people keep running off when they get licensed, they get their driving license, go to another church where they're going to praise and worship God. And, I, I, hey, I want to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with it. Second uh, Corinthians chapter number twenty. Second Corinthians chapter number twenty. Uh, you just read the. Uh, I think it's the first chapter. It's talking about there that God says, "I mean, don't worry. I'm going to fight the battle for you." Israelites is about to. I mean, is worried about a battle, and so uh, God said, "Don't worry about it. I'm going to fight the battle for you. Battle's mine. Thus saith the Lord." Just go out there, just send some singers and praisers out there and let them start singing and praising. And when they start singing and praising, uh, the battle's going to be yours. And that's exactly what happened. They began to sing and praise in the Bible. If you want to read the rest of the chapter, it says there's dead bodies everywhere. Amen. God fought the battle for them because they got out there and sang and praised God. The Bible says in Psalm chapter number 22, verse number 3, that God inhabits the praises of his people. When we begin to praise God, I mean, uh, God comes down and inhabits those praises. You say, well, we're waiting on God to show up. Well, God shows up when you begin to praise him and worship him. There's nothing wrong with that. I looked it up. There's some 21 times in the word of God that the Bible talks about praising and worshiping God with your hands. 21 times. How many times does he have to say it before we get the message? I mean, we need to praise him and worship him. I'm not trying to start any problem or anything. I'm just preaching the word of God to you tonight. Amen. Hey, back to this. There's some things worth fighting for. I think a church is worth fighting for. You don't let the devil have it. You don't let nobody else have it. I mean, God has sent people here, and we need to do everything we can to keep them. And by the way, there's no reason that anybody should ever leave a church unless the doctrine started changing. Other than that, you don't leave just because you get mad. You're out of the will of God if you do that. Oh, I don't like what they said. Somebody got my seat. I'll show them I'm going to leave. Well, God bless you. You're leaving out of the will of God. That's the truth now. Hey. The only reason you leave a church if the doctrine changes. They start going off on the doctrines. But my God, listen, we need to uh, fight for some things, fight for some people that comes in our church to try to keep those people and keep them worshiping God. And you fight for those. And hey, we need to fight for our homes. We need to fight for our jobs. We need to fight for our business. We need to fight for our children. You say, well, all my children, all my children saved. I hope so. I hope they are. 
But if they're not, you need to claim them for the glory of God. You need to get them back. You need to say, God, I want my children back because the devil has done stole that property that God given you. Hey, they're fruit of your body and they're your property. And God has given you those children and you need to keep those children. Don't let the devil have them. Hey, you listen, are you not going to fight for what God's given you? I mean, will you not be willing to fight? Hey, I'm, I, you know, most people think, well, things just happen. Things don't just happen. Nothing ever just happens. Anything that happens, it was brought to you from Satan if it's something bad. Most people are so carnal that they think, well, this just happened in my life. There's nothing that just happens in our life. Nothing. The devil's a liar and he's behind every bit of it. And we think things are normal when they're not normal. We need to fight for what's ours, what God's given us, the property that God has given us. Hey, I'm old and I'm fat, but I'm going to fight. I mean, I will. I, I, I give out a breath quick, but I'm going to give it a shot real quick to try to get you out. I mean, I'm going to fight. I'm going to kick and, and I'm going to bite. Listen, Jesus... Come to this man in a storm. In verse number 22, look at verse 22. It said, but as they sailed, or verse number 22, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. They crossed over. You know, I... I don't know, he didn't just cross over the lake. He crossed over some ethnic boundaries. Because where he went was not Jews. These were Gentiles. I mean, ain't nobody, ain't nobody tried to reach no Gentiles. But Jesus goes over to where the Gentiles were. You say, how do you know there's Gentiles? Because there's no Orthodox Jew going to keep hogs. And these people were keeping hogs. And they were not Jews, they were Gentiles. And so Jesus goes over to the Gentiles. And I want to tell you something. Right here, I mean, Jesus is bringing the gospel to this whole uh, city here called the, the Gadarenes to give them the gospel. And he comes up over on the boat. And a maniac comes running out to worship. I mean, can you see him now? I mean, here comes, here comes your ship. I mean, I, uh, the Bible says that he had a legion of demons in him. A legion is somewhere between 2,000 and 6,000. And they're, uh, these, these, this legion, is, uh, they wasn't disorganized. They was very organized. The, the devil is very organized in everything that he does. Every attack that he brings against you is very organized, but it seems to just all fly to pieces in your life when it hits. And so the, the, the maniac here, he comes running to Jesus, and the Bible says that he worshipped him. He worshipped Jesus, but there was something wrong with the worship. There was something wrong with it. I mean, the devil... 
had to give up who Jesus was. I mean, when, they, when the devil saw him, you know the Bible says that the devils believe and tremble. They knew exactly who he was as soon as he stepped off the boat. And they let the man know who he was when they went running up and had no choice but to bow down and say, Jesus, thou son of God, what have we to do with thee? Hey, uh, the maniac, the maniac, had a tug of war going on inside. You ever had a tug of war going on inside of you? No, don't do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, you know, sometimes it happens with marriages. I'm going to leave. No, I'm not going to leave. Yeah, I'm going to leave. I'm tired of this. Can't take no more of it. I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm tired of it. The devil wants... The devil wants to destroy every marriage. The devil wants to destroy your children. And he'll take them. He will absolutely destroy them. The maniac had a tug of war going on inside of him. I mean, he wanted to run to Jesus. I mean, here Jesus is, the light of the world, has just stepped off the boat, and the man knew it. Because the demons give it up. And he went running to them. The devils didn't want to go that way. But they had to. And the man run. In fact, think about this man just for one minute. Here's this man. All stringy haired. I mean, he was crazy. I mean, no haircut. Matted up hair. Not like today. I mean, you know, today, if you're crazy, they'll still brush your teeth, you know, in the hospital or somewhere. But I mean, he was living in tombs. And I mean, no, I mean, I can imagine what his teeth looked like. I mean, and naked, screaming and hollering. I can imagine what them disciples felt like. I never seen but one naked man in my life. It scared me to death. I'm serious. Me and my wife and my son was going down 123 bypass. It was cold and it was raining. And it's down 123 bypass where those towers uh, go up through there where they clear cut those towers. And here's this naked man just running. All he had on was tennis shoes. And I'm... I, what was that? Well, I said, it was a naked man. It scared me to death. I called 911. I said, there's a problem. They said, what's the problem? I said, there's a naked man up here on the road. Somebody better come and help. He's crazy. He had to be. I mean, to be out there running around naked and it cold and raining and everything else. So this man here was naked and he's running, running toward Jesus. And uh, he fell down and recognized who Jesus was and said, Lord, have mercy on us. What have I to do with thee? He knew who Jesus was. He called him Lord. You, you know... I imagine the devil told him so long that God didn't care for him, that he was nothing, he was nobody, that he could never do anything. I mean, the, the Bible says he cut himself with rocks in the caves, lived in the cave. Now, I mean, lived with dead people, lived with dead people. And there's no doubt that some of us tonight have got some dead things in our lives. 
we need to get rid of. But this man lived in the caves with dead people. And he comes and now he sees Jesus and he wants to he wants Jesus and Jesus cast the demons out. But you know what? The Bible says that the demons cried out to Jesus, Don't cast us into the deep. Now, watch this for just a minute. The demons wasn't worried about staying in the man. They just didn't want to leave the territory. They didn't want to be cast into the deep because they wanted to stay in the territory and the devil wants to stay in the territory. He ain't necessarily worried about you. He wants to stay in the territory. He wants to stay where he can get to maybe your son or your daughter or your other family members or something else in your life. Not necessarily you. And so... Maniac probably, I mean, I imagine felt hopeless and worthless and no self-esteem like somebody here tonight might feel. I mean, I don't know who goes through what. You don't either. We don't know who goes through what. I mean, like I said, I sat here for five years, the devil beating me down, saying, you can never do anything for God again. It's worthless. You're worthless. Don't even try. Well, the devil's a lie, you see. But one day, it's like God said, look, your ship's coming in. <laughs> Amen. Here comes your ship. Jesus standing at the bow. I mean, just standing there with open arms, just waiting. Just wait. Hey, he was waiting on me. This, this maniac come to Jesus. You know what he had to do? He had to open his mouth. He had to open his mouth before he could be cleansed. He come to Jesus and opened his mouth. You know, that's why it's so important. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 4, verse number 23, that out of the abundance of the heart come the issues of life. All the issues of life are inside your heart. Whatever they are. They're bound up on the inside of your heart. Then Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So when you open your mouth and you cry out to God and you say, God, please help me. God, forgive me. God, be with me. God, deliver me from this. God, help me to escape the bonds of Satan here. Lord, help me save my marriage. God, help me save my children. That's when he's going to hear you. When you open your mouth. You can sit on a pew and play tug of war with Satan. Satan tell you, no, you don't need to go. You don't need to do anything. You're all right the way you are. No, you're not. No, you're not all right the way you are. You got to open your mouth. You got to confess it to God. You got to cry out to God. You got to ask God for forgiveness. I mean, let God take control of your life. Hey, I'm just, pre- I'm just telling you something from experience tonight. Maybe nobody here tonight ever gone through anything like I have. But I know what Satan can do to you. I know how he can drag you down. I know what he can make you feel like. I know how he makes you feel. And I know how, he ma- how worthless you feel when he makes you feel that way. Like you never, never are going to be worth anything again. You ride down the road and you're taking these rocks 
While you're driving down the road, just cutting yourself. You're no good. There's nothing about you that's any good. Nobody knows you're doing it. You're just going down the road. Nobody knows how you're just cutting yourself up going down the road. Just cutting yourself all to pieces, just like the maniac. The maniac cut himself up constantly with rocks. Because he's in torment. In torment. Because he just simply needed Jesus. You know what? Jesus is here tonight. And he's willing to help anybody with any problem that they may have. I mean, there's no problem that's too big for him. There's no problem that's too small for him. you got some things that God's given you, and maybe the devil is starting to take them away from you, and you see that. You see them slipping away. You see those things slipping away. Maybe something to do with your marriage. Maybe something to do with your personal life. Maybe something to do with your job, your business, whatever. You need to say, God, I don't want to let the devil have it. I refuse to let him have it. Fight for it. Fight for it. Just ask him to help you. Father, as we bow in your presence, God, we ask ask you to bless the message tonight. God, speak to our hearts. I don't know, Lord, if there's anybody here that uh, Lord might need to come to this altar, but God, you do, and you know the ones that you may have spoke to. And I pray that, God, you just uh, help them, Lord, tonight. God, not, not just uh, to come up here to be coming. But, God, if you've dealt with somebody's heart. God, if you have dealt with somebody that the devil has been taking their possessions, has been taking things that belongs to them. God, please help them to come tonight and just surrender it. And God, just get in your word and get in prayer and just surrender their life completely to you. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we ask you to just bless this invitation now. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.